Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, the Monday edition. Monday, June 15th, 2020. I am your host, Manny Brown. What's up, everybody? Hopefully you guys are having a happy, safe, blessed week. Back with another episode of the podcast. And uh, my guest this week is a guy that I've wanted to have on the show for a while. Um, Just unfortunately, life and timing and you know how it is being an adult out here in this world. Things get in the way and we just haven't, uh, not because of lack of effort, right? Just, Just things have gotten in the way. You know, poor timing. But uh, we're here today. We're, we're, we finally got a chance to do this. Finally got a chance to collab. My man, Rory Mitchell, host of the very popular, very successful Mitchell Report Unleashed. What's going on, Rory? Welcome to Any Given Sunday for the very first time. Thank you. I, I love the, the way that you, you know, did your introduction. And Any Given Sunday, I feel like it's not even feeling like Sunday, but where's Willie Beeman? Where's Al Pacino? You know, I thought they would be in attendance with us. You know what I mean? But we're here. We're, it has been a long time coming, my friend. And, you know, the midst of a pandemic and protest, and no sports and just keep creating, my guy. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, man. We, we share the same mindset, man. The work doesn't stop just because uh, COVID has uh, gotten in the way of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still creating. We're still doing content. So, yeah, man. No, absolutely. It's been a it's been a long time coming. Pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, no, Al Pacino, unfortunately. I'm sorry, but uh, no Willie Beeman. No Willie Beeman either. Although, although I'll do my best. I'll do my best to uh, you know to, to to give you some some Willie Beeman uh, vibes. Go ahead, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So, uh, like I said, always have, I always wanted to have you on on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of your show, um, and uh, since this is your first time on the show, I always like to give my first time guests a couple minutes to kind of introduce themselves to the audience that may not be familiar with them, may not have listened to the show. If you haven't listened to the show, you should. It's a awesome podcast, and he'll tell you why you should listen to the show. So, Rory, take this time to introduce yourself to the AGS Nation. All right, my man. Well. Over here in Canada, some people would say Drake country, Justin Bieber country, whatever you want to call it. I just grew up in this world, man, and just had a different perspective, uh, I feel, on life. And that's where the podcast came from, not to get too long-winded. You know, it started back in 2016, 
uh, just decided to approach things differently, have a message, have a soundboard on a podcast, have my audience, have the special guests come on, connect, unleash. That's the whole point, the unleash part. And just talk about almost everything. You know, I didn't want to just create a sports show. I wanted to make a, a society and culture type of show, because when you think about it, our society and culture all coexist with one, you know what I mean? Especially with, you know, what's going on right now. So I've been doing it for three and a half years and we're now going into episode 220 as wow. of, as of Thursday coming, you know what I mean? So it's been a constant grind and elevation is, 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 is a must, you know what I mean? And I always say this about creation and, and creators is just, just do it, you know? Yeah. I feel like too many times, uh, especially on, on, on social media and things like that, and I've kind of distanced myself a little bit from some of the, the conversations that are happening because you, you gotta, if you want to elevate yourself, my man, I see you doing it. You know, I see you, you showing a, a lot of, of, of transparency in the content and even what you post on Instagram and social media. You know, you can't be... The, the type of person to want to jump into certain conversations with people, especially when they have ill intent, you know, as a creator, you, that's where you have to kind of come across and, and separate yourself. So that's what I do with my, my podcast, my platform and things like that. Awesome. No, I feel it. Um, I mean, you kind of have similar stories, uh, started the podcast for kind of same, same general reasons. We've been doing it about the same amount of time. So yeah, that, that, uh, you know, when you, when you were telling your story there, that triggered a lot in me too, about how I, how I started my podcast. So it's, it's good to know that, um, you kind of went to some of the same kind of, I don't want to say soul searching, but just kind of realization that, that you had a voice and, 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 and something to offer the platform Absolutely. and the culture. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. So yes, I know you got into it a little bit, but, um, I guess what was your, what was, what was ultimately your goal with starting um, the Mitchell Report? I know you, you kind of got into it in a little bit in your in your in your introduction there, but like when you sat down yeah. and said, "Okay, I'm I'm going to do this podcast," what was kind of ultimately your goal when you started it? So, as a before I created the podcast, I, I did a video and I gave a lot of thank you and a lot of acknowledgement to a lot of people in my inner circle, people have supported me, just networking. I've been networking for years now, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know this story. So I'll kind of give you this, this kind of breaking news here uh, for, for the people that listen to me the first time. I used to blog. I used to have my own music blog and then, you know, shut it down because of, you know, just dealing with different people and things like that. And I said that through my time of being a personal trainer, being in the health and fitness industry, What's another way that I can uh, attack and attract uh, more viewers, more listeners, and, and kind of help people spread a, a positive message? And, and that's where the podcast came into play, my man. You know, and it's just been from conversations from social injustice issues. That was one of my very first episodes to, you know, talking about things that have been going on in here in Canada, talking about mental health, uh, you name it, man. It's, it's just been continuing an upward, uh, transcending way of just, just living and spreading the message out. Awesome. 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 And what's been, what's been the biggest challenge of podcasting so far? I mean, obviously you've done, you've done a music blog, you've, you've, you've created other content before. So Obviously, podcasting, while it's a different medium and a different forum, it, it's still content creation at the end of the day. But what's been the hardest part of that transition from 
blogging to podcasting? When I first came into this, I won't lie, I I, I didn't know how it was going to go. You know, I was I was using my microphone and recording and trying to find, you know, certain pitch tones and cadences and not to be so breathy in the mic. And mm-hmm. and over time and, and with confidence and just with working my my nine to five and, you know, being in conversations with people and, and, and customers and guests and things like that, you get more of a, uh, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You get more confident in your, in your way you want to talk, you know, and how you articulate yourself. And at first there was sometimes I hit record and I'm just like, okay, I don't even know what I'm saying here. (laughs) And I would just kind of fall back and then re-record. And I think every podcaster has gone through that. So with me, it's just now just, it's keep staying consistent. And that's not really a struggle, but it's like now to the point when you start recording and you start putting out your messages and you start connecting and networking, you then tend to kind of lose track of your days. And this is kind of where you're looking at, how can I bring a team in? How do I get somebody to do maybe those emails or you know, type up those business consultation things for other things that are going on and, you know, just kind of looking at building a team right now. So I think that's really a struggle, but it's everything's coming in due time, you know, and I always talk about manifestation, how you want to manifest the life you want to live. You got to be 1% better. So if you put it out in the atmosphere, you put it out in the universe, all things are possible, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in turn, what has been the most satisfactory part of podcasting? Oh, just connecting with the guests, man, talking, you know, I'll say this, being a host is one thing, but when you get invited to come on other people's podcasts, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air because you don't really have to be listening to what's going on. You're getting now the questions presented to you. And I have a gift for Gab. If people know me, people know me in my inner circle, sorry, best friends, things like that. I have a gift for Gab. I love to speak. I love to talk. I like to engage, you know, and it's just, it's, that's the, that's the fun part of it. Just connecting, man. I'm with you. I agree with you. I, yeah. I love the, I love coming on other people's podcasts because it is, it makes my job a lot easier. Yes, <laughs> you know, I mean? yes, you, know how, you know how it is when a host, you know, you're preparing questions, you're doing research, you know, you're, you know, you're worried about how you sound. I mean, you're doing all the tasks that are involved with, you know, being a host of a podcast, you know, and then, you know, but when you're a guest, it's like, oh yeah, I just turn my mic on. I just sit down. What time are we were doing this? Like, oh yeah, great. You know what I mean? Like you're just, <laughs> you're, it's just, a t- it's a totally different vibe. So yeah, I, yes, I totally sir. agree with you. Yes, sir. I totally yes, agree sir. with you. So Canada. Um, you're from Canada, uh, yeah. born and raised. Uh, tell me, tell me about growing up, living in Canada. Um, you're my first guest from Canada, so that's a kudos to you. Yeah. Um, so tell me about Canada, man. How uh, oh. how uh, how is it being from Drake country? <laughs> I love it. Um, here's what I'll say: It's not all about saying a or maple syrup. There's a lot. You know, and I like how I played that off there. There's a lot with Canada, um, especially I'll, I'll start with Toronto. I think that for um, anybody that's from America or Europe or world, wherever you're in the world, visiting a part of Canada, I always say Toronto. Toronto's a big city, mm-hmm. but you have places like British Columbia, Vancouver, places like that. Those are great tourist places. But me growing up in the city, the small city that I came from, you know, it's not like it's 
different than any other place. I think we are, as Canadians, very reserved in a lot of different ways we want to approach things. You know, we're the peacekeeping country. We are the, you know, I think some people crack these jokes and say that we have Mounties that, you know, or police officers that ride on horses. No, it's not like that anymore. (laughs) Yeah, sure, it was at one point, but now it's just, just living and, you know, growing up here, you know, it was it, it, coming from a Caribbean uh, household, you know, mom and dad, both from Jamaica and things like that. It's, you know, not being raised as a Canadian, even though I'm from here, but raised from the West Indian culture, you know, yeah. so you get to experience best of both worlds, you know, and the, the, the rules that your parents put in place for you and, you know, how to live, how to be a distinguished gentleman, you know, have respect, you know, and things like that. Not like a lot of these kids out here now. You know, a lot of these kids are, you know, lippy. They they act like they're invincible. They don't care. You know, you, you see it. They just they don't have that that proper sense of direction. So you know, growing up, I, I look at it from that way. Of, you know, I was fortunate to have both my parents. You know, just to really guide me and push me into the into the right way. Yeah, and then and then parents both from Jamaica, right? Both from Jamaica, yeah. Both from both the West Indian. So how was yeah. so so obviously the West Indian culture, West Indian influence heavy on your life. Um, how was that? Like, how was that in in concurrence with also being in Canada, which is a culture onto itself? Um, how did that? You know, did, was that? I don't want to say weird, but was it like? Was it kind of? Was it a shell? You know is it a challenge to kind of have, you know, obviously you're being from Canada and and growing up there and then also having that West Indian influence, because I mean, of course, just like anywhere, I mean, just like here, you know, if you're West Indian and you grow up here, you obviously have the American culture. And I feel like America is a little bit more kind of a melting pot than what Mm -hmm. I think Canada Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, no. And so I'll say this, I'll say this. Canada is very multicultural. You know, Um, I think kind of speaking from the West Indian culture, like my parents, when they first came here, you know, they never obviously experienced cold weather. And we get frigid, we get frigid weather over here. You know, it, it, it snows a lot and it gets cold. You know, it's comparable to like Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know what I mean? And, you know, when you see feats of snow and in the winter, you have to take your shovel and dig yourself out and clean off your car. And when I look at the States and you guys go crazy over a little sprinkled dust, <laughs> very pixie dust of snow. And I'm like, yeah. oh, just please come to Canada. So winters can be an adjustment if you're from the West Indian culture coming over, migrating over. A lot of the, the foreign exchange students from, from the West Indies come over here to to the big university where I, in the city that I live in, University of Western Ontario. So, you know, not really too much of a culture uh, shock because there's a lot of minorities over here in Canada. So we all know how to, to play nice with each other. You know what I mean? And, you know, even speaking about Toronto, Toronto is like one of the biggest, you know, when you look at the West Indian culture and the... Yeah foods and the ethnicities and you know it's just one big you know barrel of fun you know and i and i'll say this to a lot of your listeners is that try to come to canada if you can take a travel you know when everything you know opens up the way it needs to be and the world goes back around because i tell all my networking guys you know come to toronto 
come to Toronto. It's, it's amazing. The atmosphere, you know, you know, if you want to go to a blue Jays game and, you know, be a Jays fan and get some memorabilia, <laughs> go right yeah. ahead. You know, if you want to come over here and watch the Toronto Maple Leafs stink up the joint, well, go right ahead. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I, like I said, I like being here. And, and, it, and then the fun part is I got family in the States. I've been over to the States. I've been to, you know, Jersey and, and, and little parts of New York when I was what mid 17, 18 years old and things like that. So, you know, I've, I've experienced, you know, a little bit of America, but I'd definitely like to, you know, come over there parts of the West coast, you know, even where you're at, I got people over in Vancouver. So it's just a hop, skip, step across the border and, you know, make things happen. That's what's up, man. And have you noticed that Canada, I know for me, I can't speak for anybody else, but I know like I've always, I mean, obviously Canada, our neighbor to the North, but it's always kind of just been there. I never really like, I've always wanted to visit. I've always wanted to go, but I've always kind of felt like, Oh, I'll just go whenever, you know, like I always, you know, it's just across the border. I'll always go whenever. Right. Even when I lived in New York, like it was always just, eh, you know, whenever I'll make time and, you know, but I didn't know a lot about Canada. Honestly, I didn't know a lot of people from Canada, just, you know, celebrities, people that you watch on TV or whatever, but Hockey, obviously, if you're following hockey, you know, Canada is the, 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 the hotbed for hockey. So, but I didn't know a lot culturally, people-wise, anything from Canada. So do you, do you notice that, because I know for me that's been the case, that since Canada's kind of come onto the cultural landscape with Drake, with the Raptors being a thing, um, and I know <laughs> those things say that. And I know those two things are somewhat related because obviously Drake has brought a lot of spot, you know, a lot of notoriety and spotlight to that team. But, you know, just kind of with the rise of Drake and just, you know, basketball becoming, um, you know, big out there and a lot of basketball products coming out from it. Have you noticed that the exposure level for Canada has grown over the last few years? It's grown dramatically. Um, I even believe. Because I know for me, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that Canada was such a multicultural place. I know yeah. like I, 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 you always hear about Toronto being, but I always kind of figured it like, oh, it's just kind of like any other major city where there's a there's a there's a sort of a melting pot aspect to it. But you're telling me that it's even beyond outside of Toronto. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, and and it's so it's funny and interesting at the same time how you said that because I think it started a lot with Drake. You know, um, uh, a kid that was on the grassy his show and things like that and then spearheaded himself into the music career you know around 2007 early 2008 and and been on this run so i think that when you think of the the actors have a, a lot of an influence on the actors music people things like that like from drake to justin bieber just the two to name you know those are mm-hmm. two household names coming out of canada you know the the toronto raptors me not being a raptors fan everybody knows this, you know, and I, and I razz on that, on that, on that team and that organization, but that's another topic for another day. You know, they've added also to the basketball culture over here, you know, having Steve Nash playing the NBA and the laundry list of others, you know, so Canada's always been recognized, but I feel like with now the, the Raptors winning the NBA title last year. Oh yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of focal points and a lot of a lot of eyes are on Canada and basketball right now you know there's a lot of young kids coming up uh even in my city uh, surrounding cities that are yeah it's it's going to be interesting just to see on a sporting level especially with basketball how that's going to look in the next mm-hmm. 5 to 7 years 
Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, my earliest memories of, from a sports perspective in Canada, again, outside of hockey, which is a totally its own thing. But, you know, just like I remember when the Blue Jays won in 90, you know, 92 and 93. But it wasn't mm-hmm. so much like a cultural thing. It was just kind of like, oh, this great team that won, you know, back-to-back World Series that just happens to play in Toronto, Canada. Like, so as a kid, I never really thought much about it. But like, you know, I, I definitely will say in the last decade or so, from a cultural perspective it's definitely kind of come into my purview it's like wow like canada is this like multicultural place and not that i didn't think it before you just don't know right you know you don't mm-hmm. know what you don't know so um it, it's it's interesting I, I do want to take a trip out to canada I've, I've been, definitely man definitely I've been wherever meeting. yeah wherever wherever you know you want to come over Definitely. If you want to come closer to me, I'm pretty sure we can have some fun in Toronto. You know, the, when I when I think of Toronto, the GTA, I didn't even speak about the GTA. You have Toronto and you have the greater Toronto area, but mm-hmm. the heart of Toronto, you know, Young Street, you think of Eaton Center Shopping Mall, you think about that long strip. There's so many things to do in that city you know and and i and i frequent that city you know you you don't even i'll tell you right now you're not going to drive around you can either take the subway you know you can take ubers because driving in toronto (laughs) it can be a cluster especially driving on the main busy uh places in especially downtown toronto itself you know so it can be very daunting that way yeah yeah no definitely i i my wife and i we've, we've talked about it i've talked about it with some friends about um, I mean, you know where I'm at. I'm I'm in I'm in Seattle, right outside Seattle. So it's it's about a three and a half hour, four hour drive mm-hmm. uh, to Vancouver. So yeah, no, I definitely um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get some more stamps on the on the passport or whatever, and you know, so to speak, and and, and broaden my horizons and visit some different places. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see, what, we'll see what the next year or two. Oh, hopefully, hopefully, if things get back to normal, whatever that is. Um, after exactly. COVID. So yeah. I'll say this to you: if you like the snow and you want to experience snow, I'd probably start in Vancouver. You know, okay. try to try to try to you know hit some of the mountains. I don't know if you ski or if you want to take up snowboarding or any one of the. <laughs> you know, or nah, you know, man. Gonna... <laughs> I, I've never, I've never, I've never skied. I, not that I'm anti. I've just never had the opportunity. I'm not a mm-hmm. big. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a snow. Like I'm not one of these people. Like, oh my god, I can't stand snow. It's more of like I like looking at snow, but when I have to actually like live in it and work in it and be in it. I mean, I'm a typical New Yorker. Like, it's, you know, I'm, I've just I've just been used to dealing with it. So I don't exactly. think about it in that way. But, you know, now that I haven't had to deal with snow consistently anyway, living in the Pacific Northwest, it's more rain here than anything else. Mm-hmm. But um, nah, I don't mind snow. So, yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver will work. But no, I definitely want to make it out to, t- to Toronto. Definitely want to check out the the different places and just kind of kind of learn, man. Learn from our neighbors uh, up north. The only the only thing about Toronto right now that's very concerning, and and I, and I will will state this, you know, is the amount of senseless violence that's happening. You know, there's really? a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't get covered obviously by the news, but in this whole pandemic, mm-hmm. it's like every other day, it's either a stabbing, a shooting, a killing. Wow. You know, and it's it's literally Toronto is just. Uh, an, a war zone right now with a lot of um how do i say this there's certain i would say gang affiliation but also certain like i would say rappers in the city of toronto 
upping really? rappers. I, yeah, you can you can start looking into this. There's there's an, there's a DVD that came out in twenty not twenty it was uh, two thousand and two called the Real Toronto, and there was a group of individuals that shot all of this content in two thousand and two, and it released. And when it came out, it took Canadians by storm. And I believe it, it a little bit of New York, uh, not New York, the, the stateside picked it up. And yeah, there's a lot of, it, it's, it's very, very unfortunate. You know, it doesn't get the coverage, but like I'm talking, you know, open gunfire in, 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 in the streets and things like that. It doesn't happen. Wow, all I'm learning something time. here. Like, this yeah, yeah. It's like not, this. it's not like, it's not like. <clears throat> all the time you got to like have your head on a swivel yes you have to have your head on a swivel but it can it's it's a little bit of a little war zone you know when you when you go to a day party and i and i know one of my one of my uh one of my networking good friends also too he went to it was the opening of drake's uh restaurant and to be a social gathering the grand opening and then hours after open gunfire right around that same area you have to really wrap your head around it. You know, you think about Caravana. I don't know if you're familiar, if you've ever heard about Caravana, the big no. Indian uh, festival. Like if you're down on Lakeshore, <laughs> Lakeshore Boulevard, after 5, 5.30, best believe you're going you're gonna to have to have your head on the swivel because when that big traditional festival happens, you know, there's open gunfire because people wow. bring their problems outside on the street and innocent people are either getting, they're getting shot at or shot up at. And it's, it's quite unfortunate. You know what I mean? But yeah, all of Toronto's like that. You got to know where to go. There is some pretty rough places. You know what I mean? But well, just like any, it's like any, it, it's, like any it's like any city. It's like any city. Obviously mm-hmm. you have great, I mean, you have, you have places like that here in Seattle. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's great areas. There's the places that everybody sees on TV and knows like, wow, and then, of course, there's the there's the underbelly, as I like to call it. So, absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. No, it's, it's, so it's like, it's like anywhere. So, but I'm, but I'm surprised. I, I, yeah, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't uh, get covered here. So it, it's surprising. So that, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a, I learned something new there. You know, it's so. like a it's like a ten percent of how, how Chicago is. You know what I mean? It's 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 yeah. If you just follow the news, you go on, like I say, Twitter is my new newspaper. You know what I mean? You go on Twitter, <laughs> you pull up the news sites, because I always got to see what's what's the what's the pandemic looking like, how many cases are in Ontario, you know, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But then you see right underneath the headlines, oh, this person got that, that shot at it. You know, this person's running. Like one of the other, one of the headlines the other day was this young lady crosses the street, two young ladies cross the street. And a car out of nowhere, out of nowhere, runs one of them over. Jeez. And I'm like, really? This is what we're doing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man. It's yeah. it's unfortunate, you know. So speak, so so to add to that, right? Do you do you sometimes feel because I, I feel like sometimes for, obviously this is obviously the American perspective, but I feel like a lot of people romanticize Canada as like, oh, that doesn't happen in Canada, or this doesn't happen in Canada, or Canada is so much better when it comes to like these social issues and blah blah blah. So speak to that. Like, do you feel like do you feel from like an American perspective? Do you feel like Canada sometimes kind of gets romanticized in a way? Like, not. In the, I could say not, so. You, okay, great. Yeah, let's speak 100%, on one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think that not to the extent, right? Not to the extent of of having like social injustice issues the way that you have uh, police officers gunning down innocent black people in the streets. It's not like that, but racial profiling it happens. 
That happens, happens everywhere. everywhere. It happens everywhere. It happens everywhere, my friend. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's not to the extreme, but it's there. You know, it's there. You know, when when we have our premier coming out and saying that, oh, you know, Canada's never faced any racial issues. It's just like, buddy, where was the Underground Railroad? Like, are you are you like pick up a textbook, bro? Like pick up some history knowledge. You know what I mean? Like things have happened here, but people tend to, again, turn a blind eye to it. You know, they want to talk about, you know, what what the government's doing as far as funding. And, you know, when we think about the 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 um the relief pay they've 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 honored to pe- they've honored to, you know, people that weren't working in the midst of COVID-19 to now where our prime minister, which is equivalent to your president, is right. like, oh well, you know, people that were committing can't even speak, they were committing say, for instance, fraud, as far as, you know, signing up for this money and things like that, well, they deserve jail time. They passed the bill the other day and all the other, interesting, yeah, all the other people in the, in the government were like, no, nobody's going to get jail time for this. All that's going to happen is your, your taxes, you're going to get eaten on your taxes. So when you go to file your taxes next year and you've been lying about the money, be prepared, you're going to pay. But they extended (laughs) what they call, quote unquote, the CERB you know, the, the COVID relief benefit thing. I don't know the whole yeah. acronym, but yeah. you know, it's there and whatnot. So yeah, there's bigger, there's bigger fish to fry when it comes to, you know, over here, when it comes to Canada, you know, and I have, I have a different kind of take on life. And I always feel like with a lot of things that are going on, there's always another problem about to be on the rise, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just it, it, it life is a never ending never-ending loop of things right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just when you think you're done with something something else comes up but but I, but this is why i like having you on the show because you bring that different perspective obviously so um obviously 2020 the story of 2020 when it's written whenever that is in a, in a history book or in a textbook somewhere um, will be in lar- in a lot of ways will be this pandemic covid19 that has kind of uh brought the whole world to its knees in, in, in one shape or another um from your perspective, being a Canadian, how do you, how has COVID nineteen impacted you? Impacted your country? The way of life, as you've known it and seen it before this pandemic. Um, just kind of speak to that because obviously we hear them. You know, you know, every guest I have on, obviously American, they they speak from it from from their perspective and from a perspective that we all somewhat relate to. But I'm I'm curious to see what your perspective is. Obviously, living in a different country like Canada. Well. It's so crazy because it's like the universe is is speaking because I just mentioned this on a on a new episode that's going to be coming out on on the Mitchell Portland's podcast in the week, and with me, I thought it was the ultimate pump fake because I was at work at my nine to five and and I said to a couple of my colleagues, I said, okay, you know, I f- I eventually feel our mall is going to shut down, mm-hmm. and you know we saw how things went around. It was like March 14th, March 16th. And I said, okay, all right, let's see how this is going to go. And then bam, when I, when I viewed, and it was the Utah Jazz playing whoever it was that night and they shut Wasn't it. Wasn't it OKC? Wasn't it, it was OKC. It could have been OKC. It's so long ago, man. I was like, yeah, no, it's so long ago. Started, yeah, it started, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And honestly, Manny, I said to myself, I'm like, uh-oh, okay, this is, this is not a pump fake anymore. So what I did, and I'll kind of take a different approach. I didn't let COVID-19 slow my momentum. 
I use this time not being, and I work two other jobs. You know, I do my nine to five. I'm a health and fitness trainer. And I do my own creative element with my podcast and other things that I'm doing in the city, community-based. So I said is those two things I cannot be able to garner my attention to. So I put it back into myself. I invested into myself. I invested into my craft. And I said is I have a platform. I have a podcast. Let me attack it from this way. And one of the things I said, even around March, and I said to a lot of people that know me, I said is we will see what happens after this pandemic, after when the the restrictions start loosening up, what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about the things you can do? And not because there is quarantine or lockdown means you have to lock your life down. Absolutely. Figure it out, you know, pick up a couple books, pick up some resources, learning tools, find out something new about yourself. You know, the only thing I struggled with, working out, it's a great thing, great feeling. But I can't be doing bodyweight exercises all the time. So, you know, going out there trying to find online on Amazon, is there any weights, things like that? So I'm like, shoot, okay, this is not going to work. Everything's sold out. So you start doubling, tripling, quadrupling everything up the way you need to, how you have to do your workouts. And I just kept investing in myself and I I raised my stock, sorry, the way I, I felt I could do it. And just reading audiobooks, self-reflection, self-development, you know, and just pouring back into myself and realizing, well, I can't go to work. Yes, I'm still getting paid for work, but, you know, let's do when I have to do my work. I do my work at the time. We, Zoom is such a, a beautiful resource. It's such a tool now, you know, right. and yeah, that's kind of how it impacted me. And, you know, I know some other people are struggling when it comes to mental health and I'm not knocking those people, but I get it. Not everybody's maybe like a me or you and doesn't have the ability to really inward seek. And I think when this thing called social distancing came into play, everybody used that thing called social and they distanced themselves from everybody. I was a person that was reaching out to other people, seeing, checking in on people's mental health because I'm a mental health advocate myself. I've done two, I've done, I've done, I've done three events now, three events, you know, and, and the last one being the biggest one. And I checked in with those people and, you know, some people where you see shying away and I said, okay, well, if you're going to shy away, that's fine. That tells me who you really are at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So it's about unity and togetherness and not because there was a pandemic means you cannot unify together, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting perspective on it. Um, yeah, no, I I, I I agree with you. Um, it's interesting, and also I I think the caveat to the folks that are struggling, I too, I think a lot of it also has to do with, you know, kind of your <clears throat> your economical and your social economical situation. Obviously, and obviously, you and I and upbringing too. But I, but mm-hmm. the point I'm trying to make is like obviously me and you are, are have been blessed in that we haven't lost our jobs. We're still able to do the things that we like to do and still, you know, getting an income and still, and I don't know that, and we can talk about kind of the, not to get too political, but obviously the, the differences between Canada and the United States from a, from a, from an economic perspective. But, um, you know, me and you have been blessed. My wife and I, like, I'm fortunate. I say this every podcast, like I'm fortunate that I have not been in a situation where I've lost my job, mm-hmm. I'm employment. I'm waiting for unemployment. Like I, 
I know people in my family that are currently in that situation. So I'm blessed. I get up every day, I turn the computer on, and I'm working from home. I'm blessed in that. My wife is blessed. Amazing. We've been able to pay our mortgage. We've been like all these things mm-hmm. that in a way you kind of take you, you, you kind of take for granted when it's a non-pandemic world, right? But you know, those things kind of come into more of a perspective when this things like these happen. So I will say it's even easier for me, on top of all the other things that you mentioned, obviously having great a good mind and, 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 and not letting things like this kind of defeat you and bring you down. I would also say that has caused a lot of it too, because of course, when you, when you're affected by the fact that you lost your job, you know, it, in some cases you're a small business owner and you've lost your business, you know, those things will definitely affect your, 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 your mind and your well being when it comes to dealing with this situation. Like I know people that have lost their jobs. I know people that have lost small businesses. You know, they're not, you're not dealing with social distancing and being locked up or in quarantine as well as I am because of those things will, 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 will affect you. I'll sprinkle this one to you. That's going to sound real interesting too. the ones that lost their jobs. But here's the one thing that a lot of people are not talking about. The ones that don't even want to go back to work and found a new passion. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And, and I've, I've watched a certain level of just in, in, when I say inner circle, not necessarily the people close to me, the ones that I work with. Oh my goodness. That's a whole nother episode, but I've watched some of them just up their stock just with the time, because I've always said this. When you have your job that you're focusing on, you cannot really focus on your creative side. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five. But once that part of the life shuts off, it's crazy what the brain and how, again, that that word manifestation can come into play. You know, as long as you apply yourself every single day to be 1% better, anything is possible, you know? Absolutely. No, great point. Absolutely. It does. It does absolutely affect that creative side. Absolutely. I, I cannot disagree with that at all. Um, so talk to me. I, I'm, I'm curious um, because obviously we know the differences from Canada and the United States from the geopolitical, social, economic, uh, all those things, all those facets, right? Talk to me about how people are dealing with this pandemic from a, from a, from a cultural perspective, right? Because here you kind of have I want to say three pockets. You have the folks that are like myself, they're blessed, that are still working, that are kind of using this, I don't want to say as a vacation, but whatever, for lack of better terms, using this as sort of like a, a minor inconvenience, a pseudo vacation of sorts, right? Then you have the folks that are kind of in the middle that are, you know, they understand what's going on, but they miss their kind of regular day-to-day grind in life. And then you have the folks that are really struggling from a mental perspective, from a financial perspective. They're the folks that you know, are, have not been taking care, you know, the working class that have either worked in a gig economy that have lost their jobs or, you know, or have their jobs altered or whatever, whatever the case is. Um, and the government has not taken care of them. So how is that? So, so describe that situation in Canada. Like, do you have kind of some of the social economical strifes that you're having here where the government's just, you know, you know, obviously we got the, we got the CARES Act here that, didn't really do much. I mean, a, a one-time payment of $1,200 just, I mean, uh, just was not enough for anybody really in, mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm, this situation. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about it from a Canada perspective. Like, has the government done enough to take care of everybody in Canada? Has Yeah. Been- yeah. I kind of alluded to that when they released the, the, the acronym is CERB. So mm-hmm. it, it's uh, $2,000 a month. 
right? Um, in a in a, an allotted time period, right? Now there's been one, two, three payments have gone out already, right? You had to apply for that online. Some people are are finessing and frauding the system. But what I like what they did, what our what our what our uh, prime minister did, he did it for the students also too, where they could mm. get some sort of accumulation and funding. Because we didn't talk about that. How school's going to look? And I don't mean grade schools. I mean universities and colleges, right? So they don't know when they're going into the classroom. Everything is going to result, it seems like, to online. So I think they did enough for the funding. I'm fortunate with my job. They had a pay protection clause all the way up to June. And then they released a little bit of stuff and not to get too political with that. They released a little bit of stuff after what's going to happen. Cause we didn't know when, you know, our, when the mall is going to open up and I work inside of a mall for a, for a big, big kind of corporate retail corporation, you know, and things like that. If people, if people see me on social media, they'll probably kind of pick up because I wear a lot of the branding stuff. anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, it, it's, it's, it's pretty. And I know that though, I know when they hear that they're going to laugh, you know, but, you know, working with that that company, it's it's truly such a blessing. You know what I mean? And it's what they do, you know, even coming out and having our CEO, you know, be, you know, on our on our in basically supporting us and saying that, you know, the cliche quote unquote word of we're not alone with this, you know, and and it shows how a, a multi million, a multi billion dollar company can really give back. You know, and I know a lot of companies that were just like, well, see you, see you later, bye, you know, go collect your, the CERB or, you know, figure it out yourself, you know, and you think about gym owners, you know what I mean? And you think about how they're affected with that. You got to pay to keep the lights on, you know, yeah. you, you, you do everything into an online, uh, online module now. And I've all, I've always been about online. So I feel like some businesses can capitalize with online. Some businesses can't. Right. It's like barbershops. You know, so many people were, you know, never got, couldn't get a, couldn't get a cut. <laughs> well, yeah. this is where you got to get talented and this is where you got to get the clippers and, hey, set it on whatever level and let's shave it one, shave it one level if you need to. So many guys I know, they just, they just put the clippers and they just went lowest tone they can. You know what I mean? Almost next to shave, completely shave their head, you know? So, hey, you know, it, it happened everywhere, but I think some parts in the world had it a little bit better. And I think just being a Canadian and, and not knocking anybody else that was struggling, but we were, we were taken good care of. And then we still are because they said that they're going to even extend the, 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 the CERB, um, the $2,000 a month now, which I'm kind of like, well, phase two where I'm at, but parts of Toronto haven't even opened up. And I'm just on the little bit of the outskirt of Toronto. You know what I mean? So Toronto hasn't even hit phase what? No, they're going into phase two. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. But you're looking at basically a couple million people in that city. You can't just open up everything and have everybody. You know, if you look at what happened a few weeks ago at Trinity Bellwoods in the park, people were out there in full force. Now they put little circles on the ground with like soccer markings, <laughs> you have to sit into that circle. 
You yeah. know what I mean? You know, yeah. so, you know, the other night I, I had a chance, you know, great, great friend. We, we connected, we, we went out for a bite to eat and, you know, we sat at the, we sat at a somewhat of a patio, had some steak, you know what I mean? And just, you know, vibed out, you know, and, and just be connected and, you know, take in some of the, the, the nature's fresh air, you know what I mean? You know, and for those who don't know, obviously Canada is a constitutional monarchy, so they have a king and a queen that's kind of head of state, and then obviously prime minister, like you mentioned earlier, is kind of the head of government, or would be the equivalent of our president. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, and from a from a political standpoint, they are what you would consider kind of a democratic socialist country. So they have socialized medicine uh, in a lot of forms of their government. You know, and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this explanation for some folks, because you'd be surprised. A lot of people just don't. Don't understand. The king and queen, the king and queen aspect. So here's what I'll do. The king and queen aspect, no, but the premier and the prime minister, the prime minister being the equivalent to uh, to your president. But mm-hmm. the, the, the thing is that a lot of people don't realize is that you guys have Republicans and Democrats. We have, oh boy, we've got NDP. Many political parties, right? Yeah, we have the NDP, we've got conservative, we got the Green Party, and we got the good old liberals. And I know I'm missing one. So the Canadian listeners, when you guys hear this, don't go freaking see me, please. For the love right. Of well, just just a, just a brief description. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, just a brief description. Just kind of describing what a constitutional market, monarchy is for some yeah. folks who don't understand. But um, but yeah, uh, so you guys have the socialized medicine and, and, and whatnot. Well, healthcare. I'm going to say something real quick about, about healthcare. Healthcare is not free necessarily over here. Now, this is where your benefits kick in. Okay. I had to pull... I'll just give people this little, little. No, go ahead. This is good learning. Yeah. I had a cavity on my wisdom. I had a cavity on my wisdom tooth, right? And so I had to get my wisdom teeth pulled. Now, to get your wisdom teeth or your wisdom tooth pulled, it can be a whole lot of money, right? Yeah. I've heard people paying 2500 to do all four. I just had a cavity on mine. And it came up to, it's like $500, but... The joy of working, the joy of having benefits, it covered it. It covered 80% of it. So you kind of look at those benefits that you can have. Healthcare is not fully free. You know, you have to wait like any person out there to get a surgery done. Hey, if you want to go somewhere else, maybe to 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 jump the line or skip the line, whatever you want to call it then by all means. But yeah, we still got to pay for everything, but it's good to have a benefits package. If you don't have benefits... But you guys don't have the the the, the minutiae of having to deal with group health and regents and Blue Cross Blue Shield and da 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 Not, no, 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 not really. Um, it, I wouldn't say, no, no, you wouldn't. It just comes down to certain things can be tough. Not everybody has an extra $2,500 to kick around to, to pull their wisdom teeth, you know, or, you know, we don't necessarily have to pay for surgery, you know what I mean? And things like that. But when you look at medicine and like, say, for instance, you know, you need to go get to the pharmacy, get some medicine. If you don't have benefits, that's when it can get very costly because some of that medicine can be anywhere between two, 300, 500 bucks, depending on what you have to take, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you brought up something earlier that I, I found interesting, but you know, obviously you brought up all the folks that are affected from this COVID and this pandemic. Um, and, and, I, and I just wanted to add to that, that this is the other thing that this pandemic has, has taught us is how much, how reliant as a society 
we are to the gig economy, to the gig workers, the folks that, you know, for instance, you know, barbershops, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. underappreciated field, right? But what happens? You get a, a global pandemic where you can't go to a, a barbershop and you have to learn how to cut your own hair or whatever, you know, like now you have a greater affinity and appreciation for barbers. Absolutely. Same thing for folks that, you know, are in cosmo, uh, cosmetology, right? Like the mm-hmm. folks that, mm-hmm. you know, hair, hair designer, you know, hair, hair folks, hair designer, hairdressers, uh, you know, nail salons and things of that nature, like all of these things that we're so reliant on for exactly. our day-to-day exactly. life that I think that before this pandemic, you don't honestly, you honestly wouldn't even bat it an eye, but now it's like you have a greater appreciation and a greater affinity for these folks. So hopefully that's a good thing that comes out of this too, is like that we have a general appreciation for these individuals that kind of fill a need for our society. And, and that goes, that goes through everything, you know, with the folks that, that drive cabs and Ubers and things of that nature, like things that, you know, that have been severely affected by this pandemic. Absolutely. I, I know, I know a couple of people that, 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 that took their insurance off their car because they're like, I'm not, I'm not going, going anywhere. Work, yeah. Yeah. So why would I, you know what I mean? So I need to save every what? buck, right? Yeah. I need to and, save every little bit of money that I have. Right? And it was so crazy because we went back to work on Friday and I watched some of the transactions I did. This is kind of this 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 kind of giving people an idea here. And some of the transactions I've done, some people, one person, like I'm talking about anywhere from fifteen hundred, twelve hundred to fifteen hundred, you know, dollars of just items of this merch, merchandise and things like that. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, they were saving that money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they were saving that money. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, we're, we're behind we're behind the cash counter. We're just we're sitting here, we're just cracking jokes with, with the guests that are coming in the store. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? This is this is this is, this is pretty interesting, you know. And so people are like, hey, I just I wanted to come in. I need to get it. I couldn't go online. I don't want to go online. I need to come in the store and experience it. So you know, yeah. it's kind of the, the the fun side of things too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously we can't go podcast without discussing what's going on in the world from a, from a racial injustice perspective, obviously, um, you know, obviously we're on, we're getting on th- week three now of just protests around the globe, which is amazing when you think about mm-hmm. it, but uh, protesting, obviously the killing of George Floyd in, on a micro level, but on a macro level, just protesting racial injustices everywhere, police brutality, institutional racism. I mean, everything, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how, from your perspective, how have you seen, how has Canada been through all of this racial strife? And you know, kind of, you, you alluded to it a little earlier, but just kind of speak to um, issues of racism and institutional racism in Canada from your perspective. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a, a, a small deep dive because this could be its whole other podcast. I feel like right. we, I could talk about this. We could go five hours. I really feel the energy that I'm feeling, you know, in, in the yeah. in my is how we're, we're flowing into this. You know, I, here's how I'll say it. This is how I came into podcasting, speaking about social injustice issues. And when you have certain people in your past look at you and say, as a black Canadian male, not to be speaking about these things, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Now, I'll allude to this, Colin Kaepernick, 2016. You know, I watched that man create such a heroic, courageous sacrifice 
for the greater good. You know, being an, uh, this modern day's activist uh, as an athlete and lost his job. Yeah. I've stood by cap. I've kneeled by cap. I've, I've done all those great things. Spoke the message. Never turned my back. Been, been heavily echoing this on social media. People listen to my, listen to the podcast and things like that. I've toned it down a little bit. I've scaled it back. I come now with a more teachable aspect with it because that's what we need to do. We need to teach. So over here in Canada, you know, again, racism is, is, is there. Every, racism is everywhere, you know? Absolutely. The problem that I had, the problem that I've had, and I've seen every single black brother, black sister get killed, gunned down in the streets through police brutality. Okay. And where I take this approach, 2016, when Cap took the knee, nobody was really out there supporting. Now, the caveat is George Floyd, you know, knee in the back of the neck, he gets killed. A whole world is now rallying behind. Here in Canada, what I feel is, and, and I'm not going to really speak about Canada. I think this is now where humans need to take a look at one another. You know, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. We can't compare what black people go through versus what countries go through or people in the LGBT community go through. You can't do it. Those little black squares that people were posting on their social media didn't really create anything. It didn't really speak on anything. Mm -hmm. And what I see now is it's now being watered down. They don't want to talk about it, but they do want to talk about it. You get what I mean? And I yeah, think no, I with it. humans, we are very picky about what we want to conversate about. I'm about the protest. I'm not about the violence. I'm not about the, the, the burning down the buildings, you know, the, the looting. That doesn't solve anything. And if anybody says, oh, it does, well, then clearly I'll say this to them. How would you feel as a business owner and your store got looted and robbed? What would you then say? That's the fact that the matter that comes right. into play. So going back here now to Canada, I see that I've experienced racism. I've experienced racism on transit. I've experienced racism in school. I've experienced racism. I've been racially profiled. I've been pulled over by police, not to the extreme, not to where they have to, you know, get to where they have to draw their guns. But, you know, you get looked at a little differently and things like that. You know, people cross the side of it. When you're walking down the street and somebody wants to walk across the, walk across the street and things like that, I get it. Six, four black men. You look at me, you think I'm, I'm, I'm a modern day Thanos walking around Earth. <laughs> I get it. Whatever. It is what it is. But what I feel is, is, is what everybody needs to do is put our thinking caps on. I'm not going to make this about what I'm about to say about black and white. But what we need to do is, again, hold each other accountable. And how we're having this conversation, I feel like I sound like I say this a lot, so I sound like a broken record, is we now need to be accountable. And if you're white, guess what? You have to look at the bigger picture and understand it's really, really weird why back in the days of slavery, 
we were treated that way. You have to have those uncomfortable conversations. I won't lie to you. I've watched civil rights movies with white people. I watch how they react. They don't listen, Manny. They're uncomfortable, right? They're uncomfortable. They, they're squirmish. Heck, I've seen a female openly cry tears of 12 years a slave, okay? And I said, why are you crying? And she goes, why, why did my people have to do this to the slaves? And now she has a biracial child also too. She has a black kid. So she knows what it feels like. You know what I mean? Where we have to go as a society and as humans is, like I said, again, have these uncomfortable conversations. But I believe in unity as one. And we cannot flatline the conversation of Black Lives Matter, right? I've heard people say, well, you know, in countries, you know, in, 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 you know, what about the Holocaust or what about what's going on in Palestine and, 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 and with Palestine, with Palestine and Israel? And I'm like, it doesn't compare. It separate doesn't issues. compare. Separate, separate issues. Issue. And that's what annoys me. It's like people don't have the ability. Or, and I don't even, and I don't say they don't have the ability. I think that people just pretend like they don't have it. They're picky and choosy. They're, they're picky and choosing, right? They're because picky it's a, and choosy. It's a, it's a classic whataboutism. It's, yeah. it's like saying, oh, well, that's bad, but what about this? You know what I mean? It's like, no, we're, we're talking about this. We all know that the treatment of the Palestinian people. I'll say know, this. And, and even the people that don't know, right? They should know. And I agree with that. They should. I'll say, I'll but say this, this is not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll say this to you, right? And this is kind of where I, I, I get fired up, but I know how to be more reserved, is the ones that used to mock Colin Kaepernick and say, oh, what's this guy doing? He's looking for attention. He's looking for clout. But those are the same people that had to look at you in a Nike commercial when the Nike commercial came out and goes, I see the whole world really, really gravitating to what Cap is doing. But they have to say it so humbly. And it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have turned your, your one cheek of what he was doing. Maybe you should have understood what he was doing. You know, there was, there's so many things that people can do now. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, the youth is going to shape, I feel, again, how things are going to look now. but educate yourself with those civil rights movies google google civil rights movies google things google martin luther king malcolm x rosa parks harry tugman you know google those people wonder why they were fighting the fight that they were speaking about muhammad ali colin kaepernick all of those other athletes Abdul abdulroof back back for the denver nuggets when when he had his little protest and things like that but we we want to this is what we want to do as, as some of us humans. We want to go on social media and, and chant things or post little scripts. Ride the wave. Ride the wave. Yeah, you know, ride the wave. For, yeah. for clout, you know? Now, here's yeah. my thing about the protest. I didn't go out and protest. Why? Because we are in a pandemic and I have to be smart, right? I have to be smart. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get people around me sick. I don't want to catch COVID. Well, here's the breaking news for you. Our health, uh, our health unit in Middlesex uh, uh, County, where I'm at, already said in that group protest that happened in my city, one person tested positive for COVID-19, and they want to do another protest June 20th. So here's the number: one person tested uh, positive, and it felt like the whole damn city was out there protesting. 
Now I'm watching all these people in the pandemic and I'm simply saying is that, did you all forget about COVID-19? Did you all forget about social distancing? Did you all forget about your mask? No, we're just going to go out there and we're going to protest. I get the protest, but we have to be more mindful. Right. Absolutely. Mindful of the situation. Mindful of why. What are we out here doing? You want to know how you, how you, how you spread attention? You have an Instagram channel? Do what Use Manny's it. doing. Do what I'm doing. Get into conversations. Inst- Listen, Instagram is the greatest tool. Zoom is the greatest tool. Re-record or record, however you want to do it, content and put it across your social media. Get different ethnicities in these conversation bubbles and have uncomfortable conversations. But, you know, we rather, again, I say this all the time, rather go on Instagram and post ourselves sitting beside a beach holding a beer. Or we want to post throwing frisbee with our dogs, or we want to post walking our dogs on a leash, but you don't want to simply talk about Black Lives Matter. No, you want to you want to use this chant: "Oh, all lives matter." Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Isn't it, doesn't it look weird to 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 human beings that Black people have been oppressed all these years, four hundred years? I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is willful ignorance. I think that people who have never had to experience, have never asked a question why, and they've just taken it out of their purview. They're just like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't go through that. So ugh. like, you know, it's, it's like you almost can't even, I think a lot of this is also empathy. It's like, you can't even empathize with what a group of people is going through because you've never had to experience it. You've never had to deal with it. So the, so the reality is that you yourself are, are ignorant to the fact that this is going on. Like I've had conversation with folks that that literally lived in a because I love when people say this, like, oh, well, you, he's, you, you know, you, this person such and such has been around black people, and he's been around. I'm like, just because you're around them, just because you work with people, just because you may have a a conversation or you share some interest with them, do you really know them? Do you know their upbringing? Do you know their culture? Do you know what they've been through? You know. And it's not even so much just watching civil rights movies or doing that, those things, obviously, but just actually getting to know people, getting to 100%. know the situation, going to visit these communities. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you, if you care and are concerned about systemic racism, you know, I don't have to teach you a movie. I don't have to show you a YouTube video explaining what systemic racism is, you know, go to the hood, <laughs> go to these communities that are, that are underfunded and impoverished that have been destroyed in large parts by systemic racism, like you'll see it. You'll see it with your own eyes and go to these community meetings, go to these rallies, go to these, 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 these local board meetings where you're, you know, these Oblinsman meetings and stuff like that. Like go see these things for yourself if you don't believe it and you'll see everything that you need to see and you'll hear everything that you need to know about it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think so many times we just pretend like we're in our own little bubbles and I'm, and I'm speaking this towards white people and people who don't understand it. Like mm-hmm. they pretend like they're in their little bubble and Oh, well it doesn't happen in this side of town. Like I, like, like I literally had a conversation with the guy and was like, oh, you know, just to kind of explaining to him police brutality and blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, I fear for my life, too, when I've been pulled over by, by the police officer. I'm like, OK, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but, but again, it just kind of speaks to that classic whataboutism and that lack of empathy. It's like failing to see and failing to understand how a group of people would feel persecuted and, and hunted and targeted by the same people that we pay their salaries. Like as a taxpayer, I, like as a taxpayer, George Floyd paid Derek Chauvin's his, his, his salary. 
and then was murdered. So he basically, from so he basically a, from paid a, for his, so he basically paid for his own murder. Yeah, basically, and and when that trial comes out, it's going to be real interesting because those two had an interaction with each other. Right. And there's probably something that right. was was brewing from back in the day. Here's one thing I'll tell you, and and I see it because I'm a forward thinking person, and I have my scruples about myself. I know that places I've gone since this protest is going on and Black Lives Matter, I'll say it. White folks are treating you differently. And they They are. You can see it because they don't know where to tiptoe. They don't want, I swear, they feel like they don't want to say the wrong thing. Here's me. I'm a type of person to hold you accountable. I'll call you out. So when I see you trying to pick and be choosy, pick and choosy with me, I'll say to you, what are you doing? Just come out straight with it. Just be like, don't, don't let what happened, don't let what happened change how you're going to interact with me on a, because you, you, you feel like I'm going to bark at you. I'm not going to bark at you. I'm not some ravage animal. I'm not going to simply tell you to go, you know, F yourself or go about your business. No, I'm not going to do that. Manny. I'm going to simply, if you want to ask me a question be like, listen, how do you feel about this? I'm going to let you know. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm going to break it down. I'm going to say, yo, I appreciate you coming up to me and talking, but there's people people that are noticeably being very different. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. when you be different, it shows not being authentic. You're not being transparent. You know? And also, I think, I think it is also folks are trying to find, like you said, which way to tiptoe and how, like just what to do. Like, cause I've had people DM me and say, Hey, what can I do? What as a white person, what can I do? And I've told them very directly. I was like, age, treat me the same mm-hmm. as you would have before. Mm-hmm. And also be more outraged. Use your white privilege for good. Thank you. You see, if you see this injustice like George Floyd or Tamir Rice or whoever, right, you should be just as outraged as I am. And use that privilege. Speak up. Use your privilege for good. Use your, your pedestal that you've been put on to, to bring light to these and, and have a zero tolerance policy on it. Like, this is not okay. This is not good. Like, speak up. And I've told every white person on my Facebook, I've told every white person on my my platform, silence, you're complicit if you're silent. I'll say this. You won't know how your black friends feel or the closest way you're going to get to black is if you have a relationship with a black person and you're out there and they get racially profiled if they get called the hard ER to their face, if you have a kid and your kid comes home and says, mom, dad, you know, depending on the race, I'm, cause I'm about inter, um, interconnection with people dating, you know what I mean? Um, interracial, interracial relationships. I'm, I'm for that because you get the best of both worlds. So when I see if say, for instance, you have a kid and a kid comes home and then a kid's looking at the mom and say, for instance, the mom's white and she goes, well, I got called the hard ER. How does she deal with that? Mm-hmm. That's where you have to have that family discussion. Because if, she, if right. she's a single white female and she has a black kid, she's not going to know how to have that conversation. That's when you have no. to sit down as a collective bargaining agreement and have that conversation as a family. Not over dinner. Yeah. Have that conversation. That's when you have to find the learning, the learning parameters and things like that, you know? And like I said, it's, it's by the power of conversation now. You know what I mean? 
And, and I, and I, and I, it's so crazy. And not to plug my show or take away from this, one of my, one of my, one of my managers, one of my managers actually personal messaged me off of one of my episodes and said is that author you brought on your show, we need to get the book in our store. And I was taken by that. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So we're going to spearhead change because there's an opportunity to have this conversation because the word, the company I work for is all about diversity, all about inclusion. Like we did a whole 45 minute learning in the COVID lockdown about it. And I mean, pages of documentation before the, the whole protest even happened. So it's like, it's crazy how the world works. You know what I mean? It's like preparing us for what the next step is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and, and I'll add, you know, we don't understand how much power we have as content creators. You don't know who's listening. You don't know who's paying attention, who's following along and listening to these shows. And Mm -hmm. I've been guilty of this too. I think sometimes as a content creator, as a podcaster, we get so caught up and we're so immersed in our own worlds of creating Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and, and being in that creative space that I think sometimes you don't ever get a chance to kind of step away and like actually look at, look at what you've done, look at what you're doing, look at the, the work that you're putting out there. And you never know who's listening, who's following along, who's putting, yeah. who's, who's with you in this, you know what I mean? And maybe an episode, you know, who knows, maybe somebody might take something out of this episode and do something good with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. find what you're saying or what I'm saying and, and be motivated to do something or start a podcast, start a movement, start a platform of their own, like whatever. And I'm, and I'm very cognizant of that. I'm very, I'm very cognizant that this microphone has a lot of power. To yeah. So, you know, now I'll do this because I'm going to jump down this rabbit hole. I'm going to play devil's advocate and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to speak to your, to your audience a little bit. Now us as black folks, we need to do better. We need to do better. Well, when you say and, when you say do better, what, what what is because you know obviously that's coded, and 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 or mm-hmm. folks will look at that as coded. And what does that mean exactly? Like what is so do better? do better means as us as content creators, or you see black powerful people with a voice with a message, support what they're about, right? Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. do not. Do not take the route of throwing subliminals on social media or tweeting about people on social media or making a mockery on social media. I see this a lot happen, Manny. And it, it's disgusting because from the outside looking in, when I see somebody criticizing somebody's body of work or not supporting that person's body of work, I support everything on my Twitter. I retweet everything that I see. Now it's 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 it gets to the point where you, there's so many notifications that are coming through the phone. I'm not trying to talk myself up here. There's a lot of notifications, so mm-hmm. I'll look at something and then I'll get sidetracked. But when I see the trolling, when I see you know the 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 that type of things happening, it's like you're pulling. It's like you're pulling on the strings of your brothers and your sisters that are trying to spread a positive message out there. You think about it like this. If we all rally together in our networking groups, do you understand the superpower you can make? Do you understand Mm -hmm. what you can do? It's like basically creating the Avengers, but Thanos 
is the actual world that we're up against. You know what I mean? We have a lot of people in this world, black, that are doing some, some positive things in their community that, that's not getting talked about. We have black content creators that are, that, are, that, are, that, are, that are creating avenues for their business with clothing lines, with brandings, with razors or cosmetics and things like that. And going out there in the, in the, in the, in the, in the streets, in the forefronts, or, you know, making their ways on TV or bigger corporations, support those people. Don't tear them down. You know what I mean? Rally with those people, like, share, network, comment, uh, reach out to those people. Hey, you know, what, what, what can I do? How can I, how can I get your message out even more? You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of just playing the, the crabs in the bucket mentality, it's not needed, you know? It's not, but I think that's also a byproduct of what we're talking about is that institutional and that systemic racism. I think that that's been so for so long that's been ingrained in a lot of us is that this, like this, almost this need to try to compete with each other instead of work with each other. You well, know, everybody I mean, I'll even, wants I'll to. Even, I'll even say it to myself. Like when I first got into podcasting, like I felt like, like I like when I first started podcasting, like I would have never did a show with you because I would have mm-hmm. think that you was my competition and I have to be better <laughs> than Rory yeah. or I have to be better than 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 Jarvis. Or I have to be better than whoever, right? Whoever's mm-hmm. in our in our sphere in our group. And and then I learned that I was like, no, we can all do this thing and we can all bring our own individual personalities and talents and traits to the table like you do like me and you do a similar podcast but you're mm-hmm. you're you and i'm me and, mm-hmm. and we both and we both bring something different to the table not, you I'm, know and, and that is and that doesn't mean that your show's better than mine or my show's better than yours we're just different and some folks will listen to this podcast will listen to yours and hey i enjoyed rory's podcast mm-hmm. from what he brought to the table they'll enjoy mm-hmm. my podcast for what i brought to the table mm-hmm. in the same mm-hmm. way they'll listen to, to joe rogan's podcast because of what he did you know what he brings to the table like I, and, and i learned that that you know we're in this together and i hate that term now because it's been so overused obviously yeah it's a buzzword <laughs> right it's a buzzword right but in, in actuality when you're a content creator like we're in this together bro like we're in Absolutely. this Absolutely. we're in this in this journey together so hey man i had I to learn at, i had to learn that yeah yeah i look at i look at the the, the powerful voices you just said one jar jarvis jarvis a beast he's been on my platform i've been on his platform he you know what it is about you know what it is about certain people what 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 I gravitate to and I'll even say this about yourself and others is that I look forward listening to the shows because I love to hear the deliverance you know what I mean if I can just lock in because there's listen there's so many quotables that I'll listen to your show or I'll listen to Josh or whoever else's show and I'm just like God damn I'm like howling in my house howling like laughing. Like, well, why did I think of that? Or why did I'm I like, that? I'm like, yeah. did this man really just put that phrase together? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what it's about. You know what I mean? So I, like I say, I, I like, we, we all just have to just keep on, you know, pushing forward and, and, and collaborate and, you know, competition. What, what, what's competition? What's competition? Everybody's got to learn from, from everybody. You know, nobody's, nobody, there's no gatekeeper to podcasting. The only gatekeepers there is to podcasting are the ones that are locking in multi-million dollar deals. You know, call me daddy, Joe Rogan podcast and Joe Budden's podcast. Those people, those you can kind of call them the gatekeepers because they're showing there's an avenue, there's a niche for you to get paid for your voice. 
You're either going to do it or you're not, you know, and there's other different ways to, to monetize your, your, your content, but that's a whole nother, you know, topic for another day, another whole, another podcast. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of avenues that are opening up for for content creators and and I'm just you know this just just looking at there's so much untapped talent out there you know as far as as podcasters or vloggers or oh yeah wants to talk in the in, into a camera you know yeah absolutely man I mean it's just so much untapped potential out there I mean you just gotta and I feel like this is our time to shine and I've said this I said it you know when I first started doing these shows, uh, you know, when the pandemic first kind of broke out, but, you know, content create, I think I, I tweeted this and I said, Hey, you know, content creators, this is our time to shine. And I, and I, I repeat that often because it's true. I mean, this is mm-hmm. our time to shine. This is our time for our creative juices to get blowing and to us to do our best work. So Absolutely. Know, I've been, Absolutely. I've been very impressed with what I've seen and, and everybody. And also like, this is, you know, everybody acts like, what can you do to, start the conversation, support the movement, using our, using these platforms, using these podcasts, blogs, whatever, how, whatever, whatever your, whatever your vice is, whatever your niche is, whatever you bring to the table from a content creation perspective, <clears throat> use that to spark conversation, spark debate, bring awareness, use your platform. So I'll throw this out here because I'm, I'm a creator by nature and I always look at everything creates an opportunity. I think all of the podcasters that are listening to this podcast, I issue this challenge on Manny's show right now. Create a little insert video and collaborate it in one big piece of how Black Lives Matter, how, how, how the Black Lives Matter movement matters to you. And heck, if I have to pay out my own pocket for somebody to actually you know, put the whole entire video together, there's different ways that we can create the videos on our, on our phones, um, on, our, on our cameras. Let's actually do this. I want to put that challenge to the test because it takes me nothing to speak into a camera. 15 second yeah. insert, 20 second insert, yeah. 30 second inserts, you know, identifying who you are and let's put it together because that is how you do co-collaboration. That's how you get an impactful staple, you know, put it on YouTube put it on wherever, you know, like the possibilities are endless. So endless. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if people are hearing this and they take that, I, I'm, I'm going to say that right now, that's the challenge I'm issuing every content creator that's out there. That's a podcast. That's about to listen to this podcast. Absolutely, man, man. I wish we can get into more stuff. I know. I feel like we could, we could be here all day. We could do like a three hour show. We could um, do a three-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't do a three-hour show right now. But uh, but listen, I think this is the the first step in a long line of, co- of collaborations that we'll do together. Hopefully, yes, so sir. Yes, um, sir. you know, hopefully the conversation doesn't stop there, man. Um, hey, man, before we go, um, I would love for you to plug your podcast again. Plug your plug your social media. Tell folks where they can find you. Sell yourself. All right. Well. It's easy. I'm on Twitter officially Rory. That's the Twitter. Now, Instagram, I changed the handle to officially dot Rory also too. So you can follow me on those two channels where I'm active. The Mitchell Port Unleashed podcast is, is everywhere. However you plug it into your, your, your computer, your phone, your tablet, whatever you're using, you know, heck, if you're using your gaming console, you have Spotify on your gaming console, 
you can find it there, the Mitchell Porter Niche podcast. And and Manny, it's it's a a brilliant, brilliant show. Uh, I'm definitely going to be listening back to this. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, keep educating, keep pouring out the content, and and I'll definitely make sure this 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 gets shared and. I'll even repost it on my platform also too and, and garner the attention that this show needs to get because you're doing some powerful things, you know what I mean? And, 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 and stay up, stay lifted, stay healthy. And yeah, definitely. Like Drake likes to say, come to the sixth side and we'll show you how we live. <laughs> Always, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind of words. Uh, it means a lot coming from you. So yeah, man, I appreciate that, man. Um, wish we could talk more. I know I had we had we had some sports topics on there, but I, I felt like the conversation we were having was was more important and it was yes. better than you know arguing the NBA should restart or not. But you know, but we'll we'll, we'll have time. We'll, the next time we'll have time to get into some next sports. time we can get if, into that. Well, and that is if that is if we even have sports to talk about next time. We'll, so we'll have see. sports to talk about. We'll, we'll see. Kyrie, we'll Kyrie see. I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I'll sprinkle this. Kyrie Irving, I get what he did. It's fine. He he thinks he's smart, but he's not outsmarting me the way my brain works. And I'll say this real quick. <laughs> I'll say this real quick. He did that because of the current climate if they go back in the playoffs. That's how I'm going to look at it. I get the protest. I get it takes away. Hey. But think about it from this perspective. The Brooklyn Nets, he doesn't have his running buddy. He doesn't have his new tag team partner, his new shiny toy. He doesn't have Kevin Durant to come to the rescue. Because I say this. You are not the only one that has brought that theory to my attention. And if, uh, makes if sense. That, if that team, I'm going to say something that's going to sound hella crazy right now. If that team gets into the playoffs with those two, I think it changes how the East may look. That's all I'm going to say. I think it would change how the East may look. Milwaukee, I still feel, is the shoe-in to get out of the East. But now if you put Kyrie and Durant, oof, things get real, 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 real slicey and dicey out there. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good setup for our... Our, our our part two to this uh right. and then you let me know in, when in, in the coming weeks man i hey, i appreciate you being a guest on the show man as always it's 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 always an honor to have somebody um as talented as you to join the podcast and, and contribute something to the conversation man yes, uh, sir. before i absolutely before i get out of here man thank you guys for listening and supporting the podcast um you guys know where to find me i'm on twitter at the Emmanuel brown uh, Instagram, the Emmanuel Brown, Facebook, Emmanuel Brown, Snapchat, Manny Bro 15. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at AGS Pod, Instagram, AGS Podcast, Facebook, Any Given Sunday. Make sure you go follow and support AGS Nation. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's uh, just trying to do good work, trying to keep you guys entertained through these hard times. Hopefully you guys are staying safe and positive and and all those good things. And once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting the podcast. I know you guys, you guys get tired of, and, and hearing me say this all the time, but without you guys, the listeners, supporting the show, uh, providing feedback, um, I know Rory will second this. You know, Without the listeners, there is no podcast. I don't care how dope your show is. Without people listening and tuning in and sharing and retweeting, um, there is no show. So I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for supporting. And uh, um, I will get out of here for now, but I will be back next week with another episode of the podcast for Rory Mitchell. I am Eddie Brown. This is Any Given Sunday. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>